Welcome everyone to episode 71 of the Missing Pieces podcast. My name is Greg, and this is where I typically sit down and discuss my life, Lego, and anything else that's on my mind. But this week, we're not really gonna be talking about Lego at all. So if this is your first time watching this series and you just stumbled upon this, and you're looking for somebody to sit down and talk about all the new Lego sets and if they're buying them and all the specifics of that, this probably isn't the episode for you. That being said, I do have a live streaming channel where we talk about that stuff all the time. So you can go over and check that out. That's linked down below. Now, everyone else that's here, this episode's gonna be very heavily focused on my week and some of the things that happened. In fact, this episode already has a title, which is kind of uncommon for me, and it's titled improvements and setbacks because that's what this week was. So if you're the type of person that's sitting down and hoping to just vibe with me and have a conversation, even though it is mostly one-sided, at least until we get the listener feedback, this is definitely the episode for you. So let's jump into it here with not the story, but some Patreon thank yous because we got to get these in here. These are the people that make this episode possible. And the reason that you're listening to this ad free on YouTube, or you could be listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. I think there's about a thousand people a week that listen to it off platform, which is really cool. But I do want to give some thank yous to all the people that are supporting us here, starting with Ethan, who joined this week. Ethan, thank you. We've got Marcel, Nathan, Jonathan, a good buddy of mine by the name of Rogue Rana, and of course, Eric. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Patreon. Huge help. Thank you for that. Now let's get into this week of improvements and setbacks. Oh, it was a big week in the world of the Brickitect household and things that were happening here. You guys know that Baritect has been a thing for a long time, something that I've been dreaming about and wanting to do. I've made all kinds of improvements to our bar area that we have over here. And if you guys don't know, we have like a little mini kitchen area that has a refrigerator and cabinets and it has a countertop and of course the most important part which is the bar. And in this space I've updated a few things, I've put new handles on all the cabinets, I've put a new light in, really nice looking stuff but there was one thing in particular that I couldn't do myself that really needed to be done and that was the countertop. Prior to us moving here, the countertop that was in there had been original to the house which this house is built in 1993 and at the time the counter that they put down here would have been very fashionable. It was actually a laminate and it was like a, a tan with like pink and blue in it, I wanna say. It was all the rage in the 90s, but now we are, here we are in 2021, last I checked, and it just, it did not work, especially for my style and what I wanna do down here. So I was exploring different options for countertops and I decided that I wanted to do granite based on the different options that we had to choose from, including quartz and also laminate. Laminate, of course, would have been the much cheaper option, but I don't think looks as nice, and it would have been the only surface in our house that wouldn't have been like a, a solid surface countertop, I think is what it's called. Not that I know anything about this industry. But we, we chose granite about four weeks ago, or maybe more at this point, and we went through all the process of getting that done, including picking out which one we want, having a gentleman come to measure and make sure everything is good. In fact, I had several people come. I had the lady from the countertop place come to check my measurements, make sure they were right, which they were pretty accurate. Another gentleman came with a, a laser measuring device, measured everything out, and the sent that information to the granite place. So like everything should have been good. And I think you can probably tell where this is going because it is titled Improvements and Setbacks. The day of the installation comes, which would have been Monday of this week, right after Missing Pieces last week was, was uploaded. So you guys are kind of like just following along with the journey here, which is why I love this series. And Monday comes and they're supposed to install it, but the problem that day is that we got dumped on with snow. This massive snowstorm came through, just like one we got like a month ago, and we got like a foot of snow on Monday. So of course they were closed and we had to reschedule. 
no problem. So Monday comes and goes. Tuesday comes and goes as well. We got even more snow that day. That day was memorable because Clark and I ended up going out and having a blast in the snow. We went sledding and stuff. And I just, I love, that's the one reason that I love snow as an adult is because you can go out and play, with, play in it. Outside of that, it's a pain. I had to have a company come and plow us out again because the snowblower I have, like just, it does not compute when it comes to massive snowfall like this. It was like a freebie from a yard sale. So that's probably something else that I need to improve is getting a new, new snowblower or snow thrower or whatever, whatever people call them these days. I think Pennsylvanians, we call them snowblowers. But nonetheless, Monday and Tuesday come and go. Wednesday ends up being the day that they're coming back to install these lovely countertops. And the, the guys arrive. I'm like, yeah, this is great. They start bringing the stuff in. Everything looks good. I see like the surface. I'm like, okay, this is the color I chose. I think we're set here. The guys do their thing and then they call me down to come take a look at it. And I do that only to realize that the one spot, and this wasn't something I realized, they had realized it when they came in to install it there's a riser between two different countertop heights. So there's one countertop that runs, I don't know, maybe like four feet in length by about maybe one or two feet. And then there's another higher version of that that's on the other side, which is the bar. Because you know, when you're sitting at a bar, you sit in like a higher stool and it's not a countertop height, it's higher. In between that, there's this space that's a part, like kind of like a wall, like a backing or a riser as they call it, that needed granite in there as well. And they cut a piece for that, but for some reason, this four inch riser, the piece they brought was three inches tall. So there's a one inch gap that's above it. And I don't know where the breakdown was. I don't know if it was all of the people that measured it or especially the laser measuring guy. Cause I think those were the measurements the guy was really going off of or the cutter, or if it was the cutter, maybe he saw a four and made a three, something regardless, something terrible happened there in the process. And whoever had, someone had one job to do. This is what I've been saying. We are talking about this on live streams. Someone had one job to do, whether it was measuring, whether it was cutting, and they, they failed at that. So as a result, our, our bar attack is not yet complete. They're coming back tomorrow, the day of your listening to this. I actually record these on Saturday morning now. So these are more consistent for you when they come out. This will be out every Sunday at noon Eastern on on Sunday, of course, but they're coming back Monday to put that new piece in there and it should all be good. So outside of that, it looks fantastic. We actually hosted a live stream over there, which we'll, uh, we'll be talking about a little bit later as one of the, I guess one of the wins of the week I, I would consider. Um, but it just kind of sucks, you know, like you get all hyped for this and I was gonna do like a big celebration over there and like make a video showing it off to you guys because we've been talking about it for a long time. I have big plans for this area. Like I plan to stream over there, Maybe do some videos. We're going to do some, maybe some snack attacks. I'm going to do a series called Drinking with My Son, working title. I'm doing, I just want to have like a funny title for it, but we're just going to do like some fun stuff where we try like new drinks and new snacks. And uh, I can fulfill one of my dreams of, I have two dreams, three dreams actually. One is to become a, a professional YouTuber where I get paid to make YouTube videos for a living. I'm going to check that one off my box or check that box off my list, whatever. I'm checking that one off. We got that covered. My next thing that I want to do is become a fast food reviewer, which I'm in the process of doing that. I consider myself a professional in doing that because I have been paid to do this before, not by companies, but by advertising dollars from people watching videos. So I might have that one down. And my other thing is to become a competitive eater, which is like one of those far off distance goals that I just want to try. And we actually did a little bit of that this week that we're going to talk about as we go through the days because everything's in order here. So I'm getting ahead of myself a bit, but 
the whole Baratech thing comes to play in later this week. It's with something we'll talk about. But we'll talk about it next week too, because hopefully you'll see us over there more and it'll actually be done. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's happening on Monday. So I'll update you next week on Missing Pieces as to how that went. But what you'll probably know by then, because I'll be too excited to keep it a secret. So that takes us to Wednesday. Everything is good there. And then we go to, you know, every, everything is good, I guess, except for the fact that it wasn't done right. So there's our first setback. <laughs> Other than the snow being our other setbacks. So now I think we're up to two setbacks this week. We go to the next day, which is Thursday. And it's so weird because we the one other upgrade we wanted to do this house was this door that was in our dining room. You would have seen this door if you watch any of our mail time videos or anything from the dining room. There's a solid door that's in our dining room that, I, that leads out to our deck. And I really didn't like that door because it feels so confining and it, it just there's no light that goes through it, even though the rest of the room has windows in it. And in July about six months into us living here, we decided that we would go to Lowe's and we would pick out a new door that was like open glass for that space to allow lots of light to come in. And we settled on Pella brand, which apparently is a pretty decent brand as, as far as I knew at the time. And we picked out everything we wanted, just like we did with the granite countertop. Everything was like, was good. The lady told us it'd be about four weeks for it to get installed. We had to pay for it up front. So this is July 8th. I paid in full for this door and the installation and everything like we were good and I was like okay we'll just wait for the guy to call us in August August comes August goes I call Lowe's I'm like where's my door they're like well because of COVID Pella is actually super backed up they're on a skeleton crew they're trying to get the doors out but it's going to be like September I don't have the exact dates anymore because as you'll find out this went on for a very long time so September comes the date passes I call Lowe's again I'm like, where's my door? They're like, well, you're looking at October now. Okay, getting a little a little frustrated here. October comes and goes. Call in November. I'm like, where's my door? They're like, it'll be December 1st or whatever, you know? So I call in December. This, this, this had gone on all the way up until January when I got a phone call from Lowe's asking me about my experience there. And I told him it has been the worst customer service experience of my life. Not only did I have to pay for a door, in July, which is now is now six months later, which, you know, it, that's their policy. And obviously they, they don't have any control over how long it takes an external manufacturer to make a door. What frustrated me was the fact that they never followed up with me. They never called to say, hey, man, I know you ordered your door in July and it's October. I've been really hounding Pella about this door. I know it's a special order because it is. It was an outswinging door, which I, I, I guess probably put us lower on the list. Um, but they never called me once to be like, hey, sorry about the delay. We're working on it. I'll contact you in three weeks time and let you know where we're at. Never once. In fact, the first person we talked to at Lowe's, and this is why I don't think I'll ever do business with Lowe's again in regards to anything like this. He didn't even know what an external door was or an exterior door, I should say. I explained to him, I'm like, it's a door that goes from our dining room out onto our deck. He's like, so it's an interior door. I'm like, well, I don't know much about doors myself. I'm certainly not in the business, but I believe if a door goes outside, it'd be considered an exterior door. It, so it was a nightmare. We almost left, but then this other lady came over that actually knew her stuff and she like helped us. So that was probably a red flag right away that I should have just walked away. <laughs> but nonetheless, we ended up going through it. And when I talked to this person in, in January and told him about the awful experience we had, it was so weird because literally like an hour later, the door girl from Lowe's called me <laughs> probably after she got reamed and said that my door was in stock and ready. And I should be hearing from the installer the next day. Okay. Awesome. Great. This is like January 22nd or something. 10 days later, I finally hear from the guy. He sets up a time to come out and put the door in, which was Thursday of this week. 
awesome. He came out the day before, took a look at it, made sure everything was good. It seemed like everything was fine, other than the fact that he didn't bring like the, the door handle and the lock with him, so he had to go back to Lowe's to get that. No big deal. Maybe he thought we had it on hand here. Thursday comes. The guy says he's going to be here at 8.30 in the morning. And I'm very particular about being punctual. I find that being on time or being late is one of the most disrespectful things that you can do to somebody. When you have a meeting or a, or a scheduled time to be somewhere and, and talk to someone or meet with someone, you have to respect that person's time. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. And this comes from me working in a place where I used to make appointments with people all the time to come see me. And a lot of times people are on time and it's great. Or sometimes somewhat early, which is even which is even better. Too early gets to be a problem too because then they're waiting. But being late, especially when you have other things to do or that you know vice versa not cool because that impacts other people and then if it gets even later you don't show up that's you know i i have very little tolerance for people that are late i'm always on time for things always i'm never late so thursday morning we're doing a live stream here which we do every every weekday at 8 a.m on our live streaming channel at least as of right now until i get completely burnt out on this and I was like, guys, I'm pregnant to end the stream early today because this guy's coming at 8.30 with our new door. And I you know, I obviously can't be streaming down here when he's doing his thing, I, although I probably could have. 8.30 comes and goes. It's 9 o'clock. Clark finishes his set at like 10 after 9. I'm like, that's kind of weird. So I call him, and he doesn't answer his phone. And then about three minutes later, he knocks on my door, and he's here with the door. And I'm just like, I, I call him out. I'm like, dude, you're late. And uh, apparently he didn't like that very much. He got all upset. And his, his justification for being late was that he never tells someone that he's going to be somewhere at a certain time. He said he gave me a range from 8.30 to 9, even though this was a quarter after 9. It was 9.15 at the time when, he answered, or when I answered the door. He told me that he always gives a range, so he wasn't late. And I'm just like, bro, like, this, is a, this, is like, this is what you do for a living. You knew how long it takes you to get to my house because you'd been there the day before. You knew like you like we had an appointment, and I, I didn't I didn't tell him that I work from home and he could come anytime. I assumed that if he was going to be here at eight thirty, he would be here, and maybe I had a whole bunch of other things to do. Maybe I had to leave. Like, what would he do if I allotted a certain amount of time for this? I'm like, dude, I got it. I got to go. You're you know forty five minutes. You burned on this, but nonetheless, there, there was none of that. I it wasn't a big deal. But after I called him out on that which I maybe shouldn't have done. He got real pissy about it. And he he started ranting about ice that was in our driveway, which, like I said, a couple of days before, we had like 15 inches of snow that had been removed. And there, of course, there's some ice left behind and such. He talked about how he fell at a job like a year ago and busted up his elbow and it came through his arm and all this stuff. And then he ranted about how Lowe's doesn't pay him enough and how he's barely making a living doing this. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, just put the door in and get... Leave it on the doorstep and get the heck out of here. But um, he installed it. Everything is fine with that. But that that was an improvement and a setback at the same time. Like it got my got me fired up a little bit just with the whole process. And I probably like looking at this realistically. I took it out on him a little bit because he was the first face that I had really seen since we ordered the store, and all the frustration had been building up from July until seven months later when it was actually installed. And he was a part of it a little bit. Like he waited, he waited well beyond the window. What they told told me that he would call. Uh, if there's any silver lining to this, Lowe's told me that they would be giving me a discount on this door, and I'm gonna fight for as much as I can get. And then I think I'm even going to, being that I am a little passionate about this, I think I'm gonna write an email to corporate 
and uh, explain my entire situation and how I understand that it wasn't the, the door manufacturer's fault necessarily, but just how poorly their employees and contractors did. And we'll see what comes of that. Maybe I can get a discount towards a new snow, snowblower. That would be uh, that'd be an ultimate win and make me make me feel good and it would redeem Lowe's. Maybe I need to throw around that I have uh, a world sensational, I don't know, world sensational podcast that I'm discussing this on and they need to make it right or else no one's shopping at Lowe's anymore. I don't know. <laughs> probably won't do that. I'll probably just write a, a well-written email. Get it out of my system. You know, I can be a keyboard warrior, as they say. A lot of you guys on YouTube are like that, right? Like you do things on a keyboard that you would never do in real life or say to other people. And, oh gosh, this is going to be way off topic. But speaking of getting people agitated and aggravated, I heard about this story here in our great state of Pennsylvania regarding snow about this couple that was apparently getting into an altercation with their neighbor that lived across the street. There was some situation where these two were throwing snow on his property where he was trying to remove snow and they started to get into this heated argument, which I actually saw the video of this. They got into this heated argument where they were just going at each other and the, the couple were really going at this guy, really using just some terrible language on him and derogatory terms and homophobic things like that. And it, it got really bad, even when the guy went to leave. So the guy across the street's trying to leave. These people are still egging him on and still going at him. And you know what happens? This dude goes inside his house and he comes back out with a gun and shoots both of these people multiple times. And it was, it was disturbing to watch. Like it was one of those things that I wish I could have unseen. He shoots these people and they like, as he's shooting at him, they're still yelling at him and egging him on. I'm like, dude, a guy comes out with a gun after all that, you start running. They, he shoots him down, and this is going to get a little graphic. They're still alive, as far as I can tell. Other neighbors start coming over. The guy runs back into his house. You think it's all over, right? Dude comes back out of his house with a rifle, and uh, he, I'll just say he finishes the job. And then he finished the job on himself. And I'm just like, dude, over snow, why couldn't you just spend like normal people and been like, like, I understand like your ego sometimes gets the best of you. And this could be related to anything. And you want to win that argument. It makes you feel good because you got the last word in and you called him, uh, you know, whatever you called him as he's walking in his door. But man, you don't know what other people are going through. You don't know what that guy's experience is. Like when I called that guy out for being late on Thursday morning, maybe he had a whole bunch of stuff going on in his life. Maybe his wife has cancer. God knows what could be going on. And maybe that could have been the final straw where the guy just freaking flips out. And that was a lesson to me, maybe learned a day too late. And maybe I can teach this lesson to you guys, or at least share my experience. N don't, don't be aggressive with other people because you don't know what their life experience is. And you can never assume that other people are like you. I've gotten into war wars with people over comments and stuff. When people are disrespectful, I'll go back and forth with them. But you don't, like you assume that person's like you. I assume it's another person that, you know, has my same thought process or whatever, maybe as an adult. Could be a kid, could be a 10-year-old. And then not only that, you're insulting that person. And you, like, what is, the, what is there to gain other than you feeling good about what you typed? And then later, you know, people, other people see it and they're like, man, this, these people are jerks or that guy's a jerk. And it's like, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that to yourself. You don't want to be that in front of other people. And you certainly don't want to, to hurt somebody that may be already hurting. So even though that got a little graphic, I thought I would share that as a lesson that I learned this week. And, and I obviously those, that couple learned this week or last week or whenever it happened that 
you should try to be respectful to people. I mean, you see this stuff all the time with road rage that people actually get out of their car and they get into fights and stuff. And a part of me wanted those people, why Why did the guy have to go in and get a gun? If you're that fired up, just, just have an old school fist fight. You know, at least people are walking away from that in most cases. But geez, like there's no coming back from death. And uh, people are crazy sometimes. You have to assume that everyone's crazy. You, you have to assume that you're probably crazy too. But I was thinking about those people and this video is on Reddit. I wouldn't recommend watching it. Uh, how would you like that to be your final moments? You're yelling derogatory phrases at this guy, looking like uh, an idiot. And then you get shot for that. Like, can your friends see that? Your family, your coworkers? Like, everybody sees what... I, I don't... I'll say it. What, what kind of scumbag you are. And I hate to say that these people deserved it because no one deserves to get shot or, or, or killed for, for any verbal stuff like that. But man, it's it, it, it's, a, it's a lesson, I suppose. It's a lesson to all of us. Just treat other people with respect. I'll leave it at that. So that, somehow that concludes Thursday. And now we move on to the, probably the, the most interesting and fun day of, of the week. And that was Friday. Started off like any other normal day does here in the BrickTech studio of us streaming at 8 a.m. Eastern with no obligations or anything other than Clark going to school. So we're having a good time doing our stream. And this lady comes into our stream, or maybe I had the name of Deborah. Could be anybody. Could be a man. Could be a child. Could be anything. Comes in and starts hitting us with these donations and sizable ones. These super chats. And in fact, she hit us with a fifty-dollar super chat, which is unheard of. Like it's it's, it's very it's a, it's a large amount. And I ended up asking Clark. I said, "What do you want to do with that money, Clark, man?" And his answer was that he wanted to get a hundred chicken nuggets, and. I was like, no, we'll do something more. We'll get something more durable than that. I was talking about getting a Ninjago set. Ooh, here's the Lego talk. Because we've been streaming Ninjago sets all week, clearing out the backlog. In fact, we only have one set left in the backlog of Ninjago. But it's getting dangerous because I'm I'm now looking at the 2020 sets and I'm loving these minifigs. I told you guys in previous weeks that I'm getting into minifigure collecting because I love it. And there's so many good Ninjago ones and I'm just like, I might be going back. So the, the backlog might be getting replenished. But nonetheless, this, this lady or whoever, she kept donating over and over and she must have donated three or four fifty dollar super chats and a bunch of other small ones as well it's like every message she had was a super chat and it became like a, a thing about the whole getting the hundred piece chicken nugget thing so i said you know what because of deborah we're gonna have some fun today and i'm going to take clark to mcdonald's we're gonna get a hundred piece chicken nugget and then we're gonna bring it home and we're gonna do a live stream today at lunchtime where we try to eat all of these things because I told you guys earlier, I have these, these dreams of becoming a competitive eater. And I thought I've never really sat down to test my limits and see what I can do, but this might be fun. So we, we did that. We got the nuggets, we brought them home and here comes another setback. So that was, that was kind of like cool. And then we have another setback where again, people have one job to do. I ordered two 40 piece chicken nuggets because it seemed to be the most effective, right? Cost effective. You'd order two 40 pieces and one 20 piece which simple math equals 100, right? I get home and I see that there's three boxes in there, three 20 piece boxes. And I'm thinking like, okay, probably what happened is they just put more than 20 in each one of them because why use an extra container when you don't have to? No, no, no. It was just 60 nuggets when I paid for 100 nuggets, which the total order, I actually got some other stuff too. We got French fries, which was a terrible mistake because they ended up getting cold and we never ate them. Uh, but we, I got a soda and Clark got a milkshake. And it, my, my bill was the biggest bill that I've ever had at McDonald's. It was like $43. So uh, we did this stream and I have to say it was some of the most fun that I've had live streaming before. I am a little offended that 
there was way more people watching me eat chicken nuggets than building Lego sets, but I guess that comes with the territory when you do something fun and new and exciting. But maybe it also kind of told me that maybe the, the food route is the way to go. You know, I look at, I look at Lego. I did, uh, just to fill you in, I did end up eating Clark ate 13 chicken nuggets, which beat my estimate of what he would eat by one. And I ate 47 nuggets. Uh, if you're looking for the proper number of nuggets for an adult male, I think the 20 piece is perfect. Like I finished the 20, I was satisfied and I was like, you know, we're good here. I'm good with 20. But um, beyond that, it was got it got pretty bad because they were starting to get very cold. And I, uh, you know, I was eating in the thirties and forties. And by the end, I, I didn't really want the last like five to seven. I ended up eating the rest of Clark's. I could have done 40, but beyond that kind of sucked, but I was fine afterwards, had no problems. Ended up eating a salad for dinner. No problems. People were commenting about throwing up or bathroom issues, nothing, completely fine. So the 47 nugget challenge is done. I think I'm gonna do a full 60 next time if we do it again. And that was happened at Bar Attack. So that was like, it kind of ties the whole story back around. But um, I want to talk about we're going to talk about Lego here for a minute. I was talking about how the food stream did better than like Lego streams. And some of that had to do with the fact that I was doing this Friday afternoon, as opposed to first thing in the morning when most of my audience is still asleep or in school. And, uh, I just was thinking about Lego as I was getting ready for this today. Well, oftentimes I'll make my outline and I get all your guys's feedback. And I, I ponder this while I get, get a shower and stuff like that. It gets me all, you know, kind of in the, in the zone. And I was thinking about Lego and how, for me, I don't believe that Lego is is the final product or the, the destination of, of this channel or my videos. I feel like Lego is a tool in the same way that this camera that I'm filming this is, is a tool. It's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's like a bridge for me to get to another side, which is video making. I love to share my experience, my life, and I love to edit and make videos and tell stories. And Lego is just the means that allow me to do that. It gives us a common bond to, to come together over because let's be honest if this is just me sitting here without any like lego to tie this channel together with you probably wouldn't be here and most of you that just cared about the lego you probably aren't subscribed you're here because of the stories that we craft and the relationship that clark and i have i see it a lot in the comments and i think that's awesome i would much rather build a channel off of who we are than what we have to to share or to show and i i'd much rather build a Ninjago set from four years ago that have to be one of those guys that feels the need to run out to the Lego store the second a set comes out so they can run home and build it and make a review on it so they can be the first to review it and actually get views off of it. I don't care about any of that. I buy things that I'm passionate about, that I love, that I enjoy. I share that experience with my son and I upload that experience to YouTube. I And I think I've proven through my chicken nugget challenge that I could literally make videos or streams about anything and I think people would be would be inclined to follow us there, right? That makes me really happy. So thank you guys for for that and thank you Deborah, whoever you are out there for inspiring a very interesting turn of events on Friday that turned into what I thought was a really great story for Greg's world because that became a vlog of itself this whole chicken nugget challenge thing. So that was really cool and it was like a nice counter to all of the other setbacks that we had throughout the week. So everything kind of works its way out. And it was overall a really nice week. So that was kind of behind the scenes of everything that happened. If you're subscribed to Greg's World, you'll get to see th these things happening and as this week goes on because I, every every video is uploaded one week after it's filmed. So you'll see Monday through Friday and you can you know see even more of that. But to me, this is like the behind the scenes and uh, we can actually have a conversation about stuff like this. And I I don't know, I just, I love this so much. And I am I say it every week that this is one of my favorite things that I do. 
And I'm just super thankful that there's people out there that now that we're almost 30 minutes into this, you're still here with me. And that's really cool. And I, I love podcasts like this of other people's too. I just like, I don't know. I You can tell me all you want about Lego sets, but I want to know about you. I want to know what your story is. I want to know what drives you. What's what, what was your setback this week? What's your win of the week? We're going to find that out here in just a moment because we're now transitioning into the next segment and probably the best segment of these episodes, which is titled Listener Feedback. It's where you guys leave a comment for me based on things I may or may not have talked about the week before. And then uh, we read them here and we discuss them. And we're going to start off here with Golden Light Pictures. Uh, the first comments here are all related to me in my quest to stop using the uh, filler words or whatever we want to call them, of cool and pretty cool. It's a bad habit that I've had, but I've noticed upon me calling myself out on it and really focusing on not saying it, I, f I found out myself doing it less. And if I find my, like, and the, the bad thing though is I'm uploading videos that I recorded before last week and I'm hearing myself say pretty cool in those videos. I'm like, no, no more, Greg. So if you hear me say it in a video coming up, it's because it was recorded ahead of time. But going forward, I'm not going to say cool and pretty cool or make subjective things like that anymore. It's There's no need for it. It's filler. Uh, Golden Light says, back to listener feedback. Cool, which is pretty cool. It's called verbal clutter. And I think we all struggle with it. I, and I noticed this because there's other people here too. Scott D. Bricks says... Thanks, Greg, for the commentary around stopping filler words. It's one of the multiple reasons I started posting videos is to get better. I noticed myself using cool or other filler words. Cheers to getting better at public slash video speak. Ooh, it's it's tough because when you're speaking on video, you want to always fill space. You don't want to have a quiet moment. And this happens in public speaking as well. That's why you hear a lot of people saying uh and um, because you find discomfort in the silence. But we could sit here like this for just a moment and it can be that way. It doesn't always have to be full. Sometimes though, when there is that space or break, it, it'll make people sometimes question things like it breaks them out of their, the rhythm and they're like, oh, is there something wrong with my phone? Why, why is this podcast not playing or whatever? But I've learned myself, and this has been something I've struggled with, is not only to stop using filler words, but to slow down. I've always thought like on YouTube, you need to be really fast and quick because people's attention spans are low, but it, it gets to be a little... Um, a little, uh, I don't want to say maybe like agitating, not agitating, but like it makes you feel uneasy when someone's rushing too fast. And even in this podcast, I think if you were to go back earlier in the series, you'd find that I was, I've, I think I've gotten a little bit better at this as time has gone by. And I'm more comfortable sitting here just talking like we're normal people instead of feeling like I need to present to you and we need to like, you know, wham, 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 wham. And a part of me has even like thought about the world of video editing and how Maybe I don't even want to edit videos anymore. Maybe I, j I just want to turn my camera on. Let's just be normal peeps. Make it more of like a, a presentation like this where I don't really need to cater to the people with zero attention spans. And if you can't make it through 15 seconds of a video, I don't really want you in my community. Let's turn the camera on, share an authentic experience, talk like we are here. That's why I've been doing with Mail Time. In fact, if you watched last week's Mail Time, you saw... Uh, basically an unedited video, including the part where Clark Mann almost choked and died. Thanks, Brad, who has a comment coming up here. He didn't choke and die, but uh, he was eating a, uh, he shoved a whole caramel or caramel in his mouth and it was too much. Uh, but I like the, I like slowing it down. And I, ha I heard a lot of feedback from people about how much they liked last week's mail video because it wasn't a, a, a 40 minute video cut into 10 minutes. 
it was a 40 minute video made in, or I think it was like a 20 minute video made into 20 minutes. And it was just us. It was just, it feels more natural and authentic, right? If I don't, I don't have jump cuts everywhere, which is what I've always led myself to do because I want like, I can't have a dead spot and this has to hit, 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 hit. Let's just be, let's just be. I'm gonna become like a, a yogi or something here. But maybe that's where I wanna go with my videos. I might experiment with it a little bit. Don't need to cut things down or cut things out. Just let it let it flow. And I always talk about Brixar. I hype that guy up probably more than anybody on this planet. But I like his videos because of that. He's not concerned about time. He doesn't need to make his 15-minute video five minutes. He just, just, just there. Anyways, verbal clutter. Next one comes from Zappa. He says, filler words are the worst. I always say like, um, cool, and I need to stop. I agree. I... Um is one of those things like lots of people say like, and it works, but sometimes you can go out of, get out of hand with like. So if you're one of these people that are like me and like Zappa and Scott and golden light or else Flint here who says, I wouldn't worry about saying cool as a filler word. You should hear my filler word. It ain't for the faint of heart. I can tell you probably sugar shack is what she says. Son of a biscuit, probably something like that. Maybe, maybe think about those things that you say all the time and try to try to tailor it back a little bit. I can tell you, I only really noticed it because I edit myself in videos. And when you listen to yourself talk back and you're watching yourself on a daily basis, those little aggravating things start to catch. And you're like, no, can't do this anymore. So that's what I learned this week from that. And I appreciate your guys' feedback on that. The next one comes from Brittany, who says, great podcast as always. Though I don't always comment, I always listen while cleaning. Proud of you. You should be doing something while you're listening to this. In fact, we're running a contest right now where you can build a BrickTech Valentine's Day mock, post to Reddit, and I can give you a Lego set. You could be doing that. I probably should have told you earlier now that we're so deep into this, but well, can't go back in time. She says, I was in, well, as far as we know, I don't have a DeLorean. I was inspired by what you said about having goals. I guess I never really set goals in fear of failure, but not trying results in only failure with no chance of success. So this week... I will make it a point to sit down and organize my thoughts and really think about goals I'd like to accomplish. I know one would be to finish my master's degree. Sometimes it seems impossible and even starting that process seems daunting, but if I never start somewhere, I'll never finish. Thanks for the encouragement this episode brought me. P.S. I saw an episode of Greg's World this week where you and Clark Mann had to talk about your emotions and work through some hard stuff. As someone who wants to finish a master's degree in counseling, I was so excited to see the way you guys communicate with one another. It's exactly what they teach you in college. You guys got an A plus on being real and talking it out. Well, thank you so much. That makes me feel good. I didn't I didn't go to college for any of that. I'm just trying to do what I can with my son and 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 uh you know, do the best that I can without any kind of user manuals or or anything like that. Uh, if you wonder what she's talking about, last last Monday, not this most recent one, but the one before that, Clark and I got into a bit of an altercation during a stream where he was back talking and and being being a little aggressive and disrespectful. And I we had conversations about this before this because it's come up in real life. And I told him, you're going to get a warning. And then if it continues, we're done. Like the stream is done. And it happened that day. He got upset because obviously he likes to stream. And it, I think he felt like he was he was getting disciplined in front of the people that he was trying to be cool in front of. Uh, so we had, a, we had a talk. And after that was done, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should turn the camera on. And let's just talk about this a little more. Because there is so much on YouTube with just people sharing all the best stuff. And we've talked about this before, like on Instagram or wherever. You never share like the bad things that happen to you. It's always like, oh, today's the best day ever. Oh, this is so fun. Go to YouTube Kids and look at the toy channels. Every toy they play with is the greatest thing that they've ever experienced in their life when you know dang well that's not true. But I thought, you know what? 
I build this channel on being real and there's no reason that we shouldn't share some of the bad stuff. Not to the point of like embarrassing. Like I know there's vlog channels that will like embarrass their kids or whatever by disciplining them. This is just Clark and I have a conversation about like how I feel about how he acts and how he felt about my reaction to that and what we can do to work through it. That video is on Greg's World if you do want to watch it. I think it's called a dad and son working things out. And by the end of it, we both agreed, like we both want the same thing. And there's better ways that I could speak to him about maybe when he's doing things that I don't like. And we both agreed to kind of to work through it. And it ended in a happy ending or a, a good note, I should say. So that was, I thought, really neat. And I, I don't have comments on that channel, unfortunately, but I'm sure there were parents out there that maybe have kids of Clark's age, maybe older. I don't think backtalking ends at seven years old. Uh, that maybe saw that and maybe they got something of it. And I think something like that is way more powerful than showing us going and getting like the newest Transformer at Target or something like that. Like as much as most people probably would rather see that, like I feel like there's more power in that. And it really did feel like a Missing Pieces episode somewhat. So if you want to uh, to get into that, I think it's only maybe 10 minutes long, but it's it's out there for you. But Brittany, I'm glad that we uh, we met your expectations. I appreciate the A plus and I appreciate you listening. Good luck with your cleaning. Uh, if you do get done there and there's still more episode left, you're welcome to come over here. I've got tons of stuff to dust if you want to help. But anyways, let's go on to the next comment here from Andy, who's a Patreon detector. And I really thought this was a great comment. It's a little bit of a longer one, but this is definitely one that needs to be shared. This is on the topic of parents not supporting kids, because if you know there's one thing that grinds my gears, <laughs> you know what grinds my gears? It's when parents discourage their kids from doing something that they love to do or want to do and holding them back. And Andy has a story of this. He says, hey, Greg, another great episode as always. After hearing about parents discouraging their kids from doing something, I can't help it but to make a comment of my own because it really hits me. I feel like that's been happening to me ever since I was little up until now, even when I'm grown up. Here's an example. Months ago, I had an opportunity that it can be considered a game changer, but I won't go into specifics. Part of me wants to take the opportunity, but uh, wants some second opinion, so I went to my folks. Of course, knowing them, they didn't agree with me. Uh, when I first say, at, when at first I say I want to go for it, I felt some unhappy atmosphere around them. At the end, I gave it deep thought, and I went with the opposite of my original decision and let said opportunity pass on, solely believing it was not something for me. I somewhat agree with their objection, but I definitely don't agree with how it turned out. I felt they didn't hear me out well from uh, with what I had to say. Part of me wants to take the chance. I just need some encouragement. I know as an adult, I need to make my own decisions and not have to listen to them, but I still care for their feelings. I got a little sad, even mad at one point. I got mad at them for not respecting my original decision, but I'm really more mad at myself because I question up to this point in life why I really care so much about what they have to say. It's simple because I respect them. I believe it's how I was raised. Not sure if it's due to growing up as a kid in a minority family, but basically whatever your parents say, it goes. But as an adult now, that shouldn't be the case. I feel respect should go both ways. That's well said. Uh, how come I can respect their opinions, but they can't do the same for me? I feel I'm not being listened to. I'm not trying to badmouth my parents, but this is really how I feel. That's why I admire how you and Clark have conversations. You two listen to each other and respect one another. Dang it, I'm going to get emotional. That didn't happen a lot for me. I don't feel I can do the same with mine, with in insistent personalities they have, and whatever they say sounds right to them. But that's in the past, and I moved on. At the end, I still respect and love them. And if I do have kids, I will try my utmost not to raise them like how I was raised. I think their opinions should be heard, but I still need to make a wise decision for them. 
uh, until they become adults, that is really their call. Sorry for this turning into an essay. Keep up the great work and thanks for providing a space to share my thoughts. Dude, never, first of all, I don't want everyone, I don't want anyone to ever apologize for a long comment. I still see it every week. Someone will write a comment and say, sorry, it's so long. No, no. I think, Andy, I think you learned from this experience. I'm sorry you missed your opportunity. I imagine, in my mind, I want to say this is like a job opportunity, maybe one where you had to move away or, or something like that. And I do think that we probably put a lot of weight on our parents' opinions because they were the ones that that raised us from when we were little and you always looked up to your parents and you, you, you think like they know best. Sometimes they don't though. Sometimes they're trying to protect themselves, right? And if it involves you moving away or doing something that may be a little scary and you what you really need from them is to say, do it, Andy, go do this thing. Instead, they protect you and themselves by saying, no, no, come back under my wing, come back into the nest and I'll, we'll protect you. But no risk, no reward. And it's unfortunate that this happened in your case, but eh, I understand it. Sometimes, like if you're not a risk taker, sometimes it is good to have opinions. Like for me, and well, I say this, sometimes you know in your gut what the right thing to do is, but I'm a person that really likes to get other people's opinions. And it's really great when those opinions match yours because it reinforces that thing. But when they're, when they're opposite of yours, unfortunately you tend to put weight on that other person's thing more than yourself. And maybe that's not the right thing to do. But every decision is a tough one to make. And I'll say in life, uh, regardless of whether this is a job opportunity or what it was, never shy away from a, what you think could be a good opportunity. Because you have to think about the worst case scenario, right? Like say this was a job and maybe you live in New York City and you're going to move to San Francisco for this job. Worst thing that happens, you end up hating the job. You don't like the city that you moved to. You can just go back. You're always employable. You can always get a job in something. That's something that helped me take the leap into being self-employed or to do YouTube. Because I thought, you know what? If this thing doesn't pan out, two years from now, YouTube crashes, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm still college educated. Not that that's overly important. I still have a solid work history. I may not have anything on my resume the last couple of years, but I could say, you know, I went into being self-employed. I was a video creator, marketer, graphic designer, editor. Uh, I took a creative route and unfortunately that that area dried up, but I'm, I still have a degree in business. I can still manage people. I can still work in finance. Like there's, there's, ne there's always coming back from things. Unless you're that couple in the snow story, there's always coming back and there's, it's never never too late or uh, it's it, it, there's never a dead end you can always you can always find your way out and the worst case scenario is is the thing you always need to think about when you're making decisions like what's the worst thing that could happen and unless it's death it's never that bad even if it's like something like public embarrassment or whatever or maybe your ego gets hurt or relationships get burnt everything can be fixed always so I'll leave it at that. I don't, I, I don't think this is necessarily an advice piece that you were looking for. I think it was more just kind of letting that out. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to you, Andy, because of, you know, maybe having some parents that are a little controlling. But what you're saying with me, with Clark, what I like to do is give options. If Clark ever came to me with, with something like that, I would probably do my best to push him to the scary path because I think that's what kids probably need from their parents. It's like, you know, maybe they don't know how to swim and they're like, well, dad, I don't, I don't think I should go in the pool because I don't know how to swim. But like, well, let's try it. Let's, let's see what happens here. Worst case scenario, you drown and die. Is that going to happen? Not while I'm there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll just leave it on that, I suppose. Thank you for the, the nice comment, Andy. And um, next time you have an opportunity that pops up, ask me for advice. I'll tell you what to do. Next comment we have comes from uh, Easy Craftsman has a work-related question. He says, you didn't tell your coworkers about the YouTube channel until you put your notice. Was that 
was that a moment where someone at work, uh, someone realized they saw you on YouTube? If they did, I'm curious how that interaction was like. No, no, I never told anyone. And we're gonna be talking about telling other people about our channels and YouTube here in, in the next several comments. But with me, I never told anyone outside of my family and like close friends that I did anything on YouTube. I, I, I don't want people looking at my life. In fact, it feels for me, I would rather have complete strangers watching this like yourself than someone I know deeply watching this. That would make me embarrassed. And I don't know why that is. I guess there's, when you're like, there's some anonymity, anonymity, I won't even try to say it, with with putting your stuff online. And if you don't know these people, it feels so much better. Um, but the reason that I even told them was because when I went to leave, I said, you know, I, I'm done here because I, I hated my life at the job. They said, well, wh what are you going to do? Where are you going? And looking back now, I really didn't owe them an explanation. I'd be like, well, it's, it's really none of your business. Assuming As long as I'm not going to another financial institution where I might be stealing names or accounts or clients or whatever, it's really none of your business. But I was just like doing YouTube. I've had a little bit of a run on there and I want to see where this goes. And I didn't say anything bad about it at the job. I didn't hate on anything. I left on very good terms in the event that I ever wanted to come back and, you know, have some references and, you know, resources or whatever. Never burn your bridges, guys. I left on that. And even after the whole YouTube thing, they asked me a few questions, but never asked me like what my channel is or what it's about or whatever, which was good because I would have been all over that. If someone I worked with was like, yeah, I'm quitting for YouTube. I'm like, what, what is your channel? Where do I find it? What do you do there? What is your thing? How much money do you make? I would have known, I want to know all of that stuff, but they didn't really delve into it. And I, I just passed the two weeks and got the heck out of there. In fact, you can see a vlog of my final day of, of my experience with that. But I personally wouldn't tell anyone that I, that I work with about a channel if you didn't necessarily want them finding out. And looking back now, I wish I would have just said that I'm retired. I'm retiring. I made some, some, some sound financial decisions which I did, which was making YouTube videos, and I'm retiring from, from paid employment. Because you could say I'm retired right now, right? I mean, I, I, I actively work on something, but I wouldn't consider it a job. This is my hobby that, that I'm fortunate enough to, to make some revenue from. Um, but that's what I should have said. I think that would have sounded more amazing. And that's just my ego speaking, of course. Um, you'll, you'll find that ego comes into a lot of things that we do and say. Uh, but if I could have said that I was retiring at 33, that would have been pretty cool. Should have told her I won the lottery. That would have been even better. Anyways, next one from Blitzen Productions. So it's for advice detect. How do you tell your boyfriend or girlfriend that you have a Lego collection on, on display and are proud of it, but panic they'll judge? Well, I would say that if you're close like that to someone, like I would say closer than like a, a friend or whatever, if you're boyfriend or girlfriend, they're eventually going to find out your secret, I would assume. I would just go ahead and reveal it. Be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I have a hobby. It's Lego. And we've talked about this before, I think, on this. I would find a way to integrate them into it. Be like, you know, I, you may not be into Lego, but it's actually a pretty cool hobby. And I've got this new set here. If you want to sit down with me, we can build it together. You know, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I'm not going to say that. There's some re there's some things I'm holding back here, but um, which I shouldn't, but I will, because I, I, I don't know who's listening to this. Just like we don't know who, who we're insulting out there. You don't know who's listening. So I'll just say, invite them over, build a Lego set together, and then you can see where that takes you, right? So I would just go ahead and tell them. If, if they're like, dude, you're a loser, you play Lego, I'd be like, you're a loser, get out of here. We're, we're breaking up. That's where I'd go with that. Next one comes from Chad. He says, on the topic of YouTube channels, this summer I made one. I put so much time and heart into them and got a few subs and was ready to take to the next level. I didn't tell anyone besides my friend. My mistake was I made an Instagram and followed it with my personal account. Then one day a video of mine blew up and it was 
uh, and it was because the mean kids found it. Right away, I took all the videos down because I knew they were gonna make fun of me for it. It was devastating because how much I love making the videos. Do you have any advice for me making the video and not posting it? Uh, it kind of ruins it for me, uh, and I'm very scared people I know finding it again. Any advice? Well, for me, I mean, I made videos for a very long time without anyone actually knowing about it. Um, certainly, you don't want to connect it to your personal account. Just make a channel that's not your name. Like if your name is Chad, don't call it like Chad first name and last name. Make it hard for people to find it and uh, don't advertise it elsewhere. Don't connect it to Instagram. Just make your videos and put them out there. 99.9% .9 chance that no one in your close friend circle is probably going to find it, I would assume. Unless you really do well, in that case, you can be proud of how well you did. Next message. Thank you for the comment, though. Next one comes from Brad's Bricks, who is a Patreon detector as well. In fact, he sponsored our most recent build that we did on the Friday Night Patron stream, which is this lovely thing right here. We built this last night. This is the Lego Technic Grave Digger, and you guys will be seeing a video on that here. But you missed all the fun. We had a great time building that last night with the peeps, and we were rolling around the floor. If you're not on Patreon with us, I consider it to be where the best content comes out at. $5 a month, access to... Friday night patron streams, Tuesday lunch and Lego, and other secret vids and such like that. So, thank you, Brad, for allowing me to uh, to throw in the uh, sponsorship there. But he says, "Great missing pieces, Greg. I think you're absolutely right about how a collector of Lego will probably never sell their collection, and you should enjoy the set instead of staring at a bunch of box art. But some people do, and it's okay." I, however, keep some of my sets sealed in storage simply for the fact that I don't have the space to currently build up all the sets and create my city. Once I get a larger living area, I plan to build everything, but operation downsides will happen as far as a storage standpoint. I'm glad you shared what you're uh, personally working on in your life. I can relate to some of the common words I used way too much, like the word awesome. I can't wait to see Baratect when it's finished. <laughs> You and me both. I might be one of the only viewers that's interested in your studio improvements. I always enjoy Missing Pieces. Great video. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. Uh, I hope there's I hope there's other people interested in things outside of Lego. Like we talked about this earlier. It's it's weird, to, I guess, to build a channel around Lego. And people have questioned before, like, why isn't this on Greg's world? And I guess it's because I wanted to have that common thing that tied us together, which is Lego. But Lego is just the surface and everything else around it, like the things that are happening in our life and all the other things that we discuss are the real reason that I want to make this. And that's the real audience that I want to talk to. I've been on podcasts before where we just talked about new Lego sets and what we thought of them and stuff like that. And that's fine. But I just I feel like there's so much more to the world than that, which is why I prefer this over anything else. And that's why I love doing this. So I'm glad that you're interested in things outside of Lego and Baratech will be finished this week. So uh, we'll be we'll be over there. Maybe we'll do the Friday Night Patron stream over there. Moving on to uh, Transform and Roll username. Uh, he's on the topic of boxes and collecting things and never opening them, which is something we talked about last week. How do we collect? He says he's a Transformer collector. I'd like to get into that world. I am a little bit here and there. He says, I buy figures to enjoy them. I don't keep them in boxes, to be honest. I don't care about the boxes at all. I kept only one box, and that was because of reasons one. It looks cool, and two, it was my first figure from overseas. Personally, I don't understand why people keep their Transformers, uh, it or any action figures or Lego sets in a box. You, can, you can't really enjoy them, like you said, Greg. Even when I buy them secondhand, I don't care if it's in a box or not, as long as it has a decent price. Transforming collecting, I feel like that would be the worst thing to ever keep in a box is Transformers. Not from a collector's standpoint, but Transformers are so amazing because you get to transform them and like you not opening them keeps them from their only purpose in life, which is to 
one be an action figure or a car or a plane or whatever, and to transform it. I just couldn't imagine, and I, 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 I'm not judging you if this is you, and if you get a transformer and you just like having it in the box on your shelf, dude, do what makes you happy. But for me, I see a transformer, first thing I wanna do is shred that package open, get that guy out and transform him. And I'm happy that Clark is into transformers because it's allowed me to get into that world, and I love it. They're just quality action figures, and they're expensive, but they're so much fun. You kind of get two toys in one when you think about it. So stay tuned to Transformer Attacked, where I'll be sharing my transforming collecting journey, transformer collecting journey here soon. Uh, but I agree with you. Uh, again, I'm not judging anyone that keeps stuff in boxes because that's you, man. And we, we, we can't judge other people without knowing other people. I like this next comment here. This one made me happy. This is from Janelle Miller. She says, I collect Fisher-Price Little People. I found a new 1984 set, Men in a Box. It was brand new with the original seal, and I bought it. It was just going, I was just going to keep it until my grandson saw it. He wanted to play with it so bad, I said no a few times before I let him play with it. He had so much fun, and it brought him so much joy. I'm glad I opened it for him to play with. I love that. I love that. You could have had this thing sitting on a shelf, literally doing nothing other than maybe bringing you enjoyment when you look at it. You got to have so much more than that. You got to have your grandson play with it. And I bet the joy that you got from seeing him playing with it and enjoying it himself was probably more than you could have ever gotten with that thing in a package. That being said, if you're a solo Rolo and maybe you didn't have grandkids, maybe you would have liked to have that sealed. But again, we talked about this last week. What is, what's the end game there? Are you going to sell it someday? Or do you have, like, what's its purpose? Are you going to die with it sitting on the shelf and packaging with a layer of dust on it? Like, where where is your collection going? And in my mind, and I talked about this last week, but if you didn't catch last week's episode, I think if you're going to collect something, there's two different routes to take. Collect the things that you love to collect. Open them bad boys up. Enjoy the heck out of them. Play with them. Do whatever you're going to do with them because you can't take it with you. Number two is you buy things to eventually resell and make money off of. There is no middle ground. If you don't plan to someday sell your Funko Pops, your Lego collections, your Transformers, they're all in sealed boxes. If you're going to take them to your your uh, your tomb with you or whatever, don't even bother. Unless you believe that you're going to come back as like a new soul or something and relive in your same house again with all of your sealed stuff, which you know we can't say is true or not, but. I say enjoy it. You only get one chance at this life, and that's the case with almost everything. Everything, actually. You only get one chance. You can't take anything with you. Enjoy your stuff. Enjoy your life. If there's something in your life that's not you're not happy with, make the change. If your parents are going to tell you not to do that, make it anyway, because your happiness is it, it's paramount. Thank you for the comment, though, Janelle. Thanks for taking me on this rant. Or tangent, I should say. Rants are angry things. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. You're angry. Next one comes from TJ Bricks. It says, hey, Greg, longtime listener. I love that. Have a uh, longtime listener here. I shouldn't have interrupted your, your comment. Longtime listener here. Great episode. I love listening to this at work as it provides me motivation. My motivation is having to go to work and be a contract, being a contract of the job I have always allows me to fully enjoy my life outside of work. On the topic of collecting, I personally open most things. However, I have a few things such as Lego sets sealed as they are full of memories of where and when I got them. Not on just on sale or such have a fantastic week okay i mean again this is this is your world of collecting and if you make the decision are you going to get more enjoyment out of looking at the box sitting on the shelf and the memories that came with that or are you going to get more enjoyment out of actually playing with it here's i have an idea for you tj whenever you have a situation like this where you are uh you have full of memories when you got them 
Why don't you have someone take a picture of you in the store holding the box with your friends or whoever you're with or that day or make a video of that day where you can remember it by that. Take that box home, enjoy the heck out of it, get that picture printed out and put it on the wall. That way you have the best of both worlds. You have the picture of yourself holding the set on the wall and you're like, oh, that was a great day. And then you still have the set and you can play with it. There's no reason to collect a cardboard box with pieces inside of it. You could just take a picture of it or have a poster made of it or have that on the wall. You don't need the physical thing. That's just my opinion though. And I'm not gonna change the way you are and I don't want you to change the way you are. Just maybe maybe think about the way things could be and you could, you could completely disagree with me and I think that's great. I think everybody should, should have some level of disbelief over anyone they listen to on the internet, right? Next comment, thank you for the comment though. Next uh, feedback comes from Chris Robinson. He says, hey Greg, I have two thoughts and one win of the week. I like this, multi-purpose. He says, M-I-S-B, which is mint and sealed box, are the saddest letters in the English language. I don't usually like to yuck anyone's yum. I kind of like that. I might start saying that. But buying a toy and not playing with it is absolutely crazy making to me. I like that too. If you, I feel like me and Chris could get along here. He said, or Chris and I, let's speak properly here, Greg. If you own a Lego set, that has never been opened or played with. It might as well not even exist. See, we're on the same page. I get you. It says, two, I share your pain with filler words and phrases. I'm five episodes into my podcast and realized that talking is hard. I tend to say, so it's interesting or it's funny and it drives me up the wall. Also, the other day I was editing one of my episodes and heard myself say, emotionates resonantly when I was trying to say emotionally resonates. Woof. Oh, dude, I feel you. Uh, yeah, lots of people use the introduction filler words. And I saw Brixar had a comment about this where people say, without further ado, or uh, to be honest with you, or frankly speaking, or uh, you, 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 it's so interesting. Oh, it's funny that you, you don't need that. If you can say a sentence in fewer words without having an introduction or a filler descriptionary word, if that's a word, of like, oh, and that's, that's funny or interesting or cool or awesome, which I think we, it seems like where a lot of us are struggling with, try to eliminate it if you can. Work on one thing at a time. And I hope, hopefully though, my response to this uh, emotionates resonantly with you. Uh, going on though, he says, my one of the week, I feel like Chris and I are kindred spirits here. He says, my one of the week, He's purchasing a couple of minifigs, base plates and instructions for set 6765 Gold City Junction on Bricklink. Bricklink is such a dangerous place for my wallet, especially for themes like Ninja, not Ninjago, that have been calling my name since I was a little kid. Thanks so much for your fun and encouraging podcast. Happy building. What a fantastic comment. I really, I love that. I loved everything about that. I love the, the phrasing you used. I love the setup of it. I think me and Chris are, uh, I think we're soulmates. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish this podcast out with some wins of the week here. Starting with John. John says my win of the week ties to last week's. I started building the Saturn V with my dad, the one I bought last week. Proud of you, John. Congratulations. Good job, dad, building with your son too. Be one of those dads if you're a dad. Next one comes from a friend of mine who I met on Instagram, Crazy Hamburger Productions. He says, hey, Greg, longtime listener, first time caller. My win of the week was starting my own Lego podcast. Thank you so much for the motivation from Labos highest value employee. That's an inside joke between the two of us. Next one comes from BrickPick. He says, my win of the week was I started reading a book and I'm happy to be reading a book so I'm not just staring at a screen all day. I also started to exercise more and I'm finally starting to get a good, good at jump roping. Well, I can say one thing to you, BrickPick, and that's that I'm proud of you. 
nothing more encouraging that you can say to someone that you're that you're proud of them. And maybe that's what parents need to be saying. That's what they need to say to Andy. That's what we all need to say to each other. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for surviving this episode. That was our final win of the week and the last of our listener feedback. If you have anything that you would like to share next week, whether it's about a topic that I talked about this week, which is probably unlikely considering this is a very personal journey, or if you have something that you'd like me to discuss next week, if there's any questions, advice, big brain topics that you want to talk about, like if I'm going to buy the new Lego Porsche or Porsche, throw it out there. I'd be happy to answer it. My mind is only so, so small, so tiny and minuscule. And the things that happen to me are even smaller. And it's nice to have this part of the episode, which sometimes takes more than half of it, where I can just read what you guys you know, what you're thinking about this, like it's boring if it's just me and it's awesome if it's just you or awesome if it's us, I should say. I could, I mean, I could cut myself out of this. I think this podcast may be better if I were to just do a Q&A, honestly. But uh, I do appreciate you guys being my free therapists every single week and listening to me talk about all my things, both positive and negative, such as this episode. I appreciate you wanting to be with me even though I don't just talk about Lego and we talk about things that you probably don't give two rats craps about like my bar. But in saying that, it's kind of fun to, I think, make connections with other people. And especially if it's somebody that you enjoy their videos and seeing like maybe something outside of the world of Lego, I think is neat too. And uh, it's something that I really like to do going forward. And I see a future for myself in the world of live streaming, uh, fast food reviewing, competitive eating, God knows what else. Like I feel like the future is wide open for me and I, I couldn't be more thrilled. And I hope that you have a similar feeling in your life. I hope that you feel like you could accomplish anything and you can do anything because I believe in you and I think that you can. So on that guys, I appreciate you watching this week's episode of Missing Pieces. If you wanna support this podcast, just leave me some listener feedback and smash the like button on this. That's all I could ask for. And also, you can tune in next week and maybe the week after and maybe the week after. Let's make this a thing. Anyways, thank you so much for watching. I hope that we find you in the next Missing Pieces.